Hey now, it's the Saturday Side Hustle. I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth. And today on the Saturday Side Hustle, we've got a real treat for you. We've got a live talk I delivered with Nicola, with Nikki G, just yesterday in Hallandale Beach, Florida. This is a talk on how to dominate a new market within 12 months. It's about 45 minutes long, and the audio is a little difficult to hear because of the acoustics in the room. So we've done something special for you. We've created a transcript that you can read along with us while we're speaking. All you need to do is go to ExitSuccessLab.com forward slash the word dominate hyphen new hyphen market. So ExitSuccessLab.com, altogether, ExitSuccessLab.com forward slash dominate dash new dash market. And you will be able to listen to the audio right there on the page and read along with us. Read the transcript along with us. This is your key tips for dominating a new market within 12 months. Enjoy the talk and we'll see you right back here again tomorrow for the Sunday special. Without further ado, without any additional fanfare, and so that she doesn't have to keep moving around so that she's not standing right next to me with the mic so we don't get feedback, let me introduce you to my brand new partner. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Nikki G. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be back at this breakfast. I love this breakfast. I would only miss this breakfast if I had something really important going on. I did. I was preparing for a big trial. And as those of you in this room who are lawyers know, preparing for trial can be very demanding. It's 12-hour days. They're endless. They can go on for weeks at a time. You sometimes just can't see where it's going to end. There's so much and pressure associated with what we do to be able to get that case ready for that first day of trial. You're hardly sleeping. I finally got a few hours of sleep. I woke up. I'm in Cuba. Next thing I know, I'm in a Jeep, and I'm riding along the fence line. I'm wearing my white. Someone throws me a camouflage jacket and a vest to make sure I'm protected so we can go interview the key witnesses. Days later, we're in the courtroom. Colonel Justice on the stand. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. And he says, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah, so it was nothing at all like that. But it was a big case. Career defining. Sometimes, in cases like this, you can get an opposing counsel on the other side that is just the worst. They can be so overbearing. They can be so dramatic. They can be relentless. Kind of like, it's a lot like, it's exactly like working with it. <laughs> I love working with it. I do. Dave is so much fun. He's a great partner. He always has such great ideas, great recommendations. He's the best. He's the absolute best. If you, don't you. Believe, if you don't believe me, just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> My case settles on the courthouse steps. 
And in less than 24 hours, I'm on a flight to Los Angeles to attend the Group Leader Summit for ProBuses. Seated next to me on the plane is Tim. We've got five hours together. And I'm so excited to attend my first Group Leader Summit for ProVisors, so I'm sharing all of that excitement with Dave. Dave is sharing his experiences with me from the past summits that he's attended, and we're talking about who we want to get in front of and connect with while we're there. Once I got home, I was really reflecting on our friendship. And all of the things that Dave has done for me over the past year, it's a lot. And I realized the most significant thing Dave has given me this past year was on that flight. He gave me hope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you weren't the only one. <laughs> we get to the group leader summit. Dave, myself, Lenny Solar is in the back there, and Maria Casilla Dominguez have the opportunity to present on stage in front of over 300 group leaders. Lenny, do me a favor, raise your hand. If you don't know Lenny Solar, make sure you get to talk to him Excellent professional, and so is Maria Casilla Dominguez. She's not here with us this morning. We have the opportunity to present on a stage in front of 300 group leaders in the ProVisors organization every one of whom is a leader in a region across the country, and every one of whom is an expert in their respective field. It was a big stage. And David fought really hard for us to do this presentation as a group the way that we wanted to, which was unconventional for provisors. So we knew there was a lot of pressure on us to perform well. So we get that opportunity, and we crushed it. Am I right, Nani? Everyone did such a good job. I am so proud of each one of these professionals. It was really an incredible experience. The reason that we dominated that performance was because of the degree of preparation that we put into it. The same degree of preparation that you can put into your business using the seven-step process that we're going to discuss with you today to dominate a new market in 12 months. So at this point, let me turn it over to Day to get started with the educational portion of our program. All right, so raise your hand if you want to do big things in 2024. Raise your hand. There you go. I love it. Okay, everybody, the two of you who don't want to do big things, this program is not for you, okay? So doing big things sometimes means entering a new market. So we're going to give you the seven-step process today to enter a new market and dominate. Step one is going to be very familiar to those of you who were here last month. Okay? And step one is to identify your ideal clients. Who wants to tell me? Who wants to tell me why we only go after ideal clients and why we don't go after just any client? Why do we go after ideal clients? Yell it out. Higher success rate. Higher success rate. Okay? Who spends more money? Ideal clients or crappy clients? Ideal. Ideal clients spend more money. Who stays with you longer? Ideal clients or crappy clients? Ideal clients, right? Who's more fun to work with? Ideal clients or crappy clients? Ideal clients, there you go. These are the reasons why we go after ideal clients. So what does it take, who was here last month, what does it take to find an ideal client? What are the three factors, the three factors you need to have? And here's what we're gonna do, stimulate participation. I've got gifts, I brought gifts with me. The person who has the answer to this and here's how we're going to determine if you're first. You are going to jump up as high as you can jump. The person who wants to give me the answer, 
Jump up as high as you can jump. You're going to get a copy of my book, okay? My latest book. The good book, not the other two, okay? So what are the qualities? There's three plus one as a bonus quality of an ideal client. Ready? Go. Who wants a book? I, you're going to have to jump up. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Okay. Carmen Hires, ladies and gentlemen. Transform a translator. Even if you don't they have to have the authority to hire you. They have to have the authority to hire you. That's one. Okay. They have to have the money to hire you. They have to have money. Money is number two. Okay. And then number three. And they have to be good decision makers. Uh, authority. authority. Yeah. A problem that you can solve. Yeah, there you go. Here's the department with an assist. All right. Thank you. Thank you. They have to have money, right? Why? Why do you people insist on working with people who don't have any money? I don't know why you do that. Stop doing that. You want to have a good 2024? Stop working with people who don't have money. Bust Don't work with people who don't have money. Okay? Number two, right? They have to have the ability to make a decision. Best conversations I've ever had in my entire life are with people who have no decision-making authority at all. You know why? Because they can't commit to anything. They love speaking with me. They love hanging out with me. I sell them hard, and they nod their head and they smile, and then everybody walks away, and I'm the only one who's unhappy. It's kind of like being married. Anyway, um, so having the ability to, sorry, having the ability to, he knows what I'm okay. he, knows, he knows what's gonna happen when that gets back to her. Um, having the ability to make a decision is number two. And then number three is, what was number three, Carmen? A problem, thank you. It's a problem you can solve, okay? A problem you can solve. Now, there's a fourth element, but we can create it. And that fourth element is urgency. Urgency, we can create that. And I'm gonna share with you how we do that in just a minute. Now, two other things I wanna mention on this subject of identifying ideal clients. You want to do it in a way where you have the most leverage. Why are all of you here today? Don't say to see me. It might be true, and I appreciate that, and I love you all for that, but you're here because you want business, and you're connecting with people who could potentially refer a business to you, right? Or some of you, I'm looking out at the crowd now, some of you came here apparently to be on your phones, which I don't know why you would do that, but you're here, because I, I uh, except for Elias, who's taking, he wants everybody to know he's taking notes on his phone. He's not, okay? So, those of you who are here for referrals, I'm going to share something with you. Okay? It's better and it's easier to build a business if you're in front of people who can hire you. I love referral sources, but it's better and easier if you get in front of people who can actually work with you. So, employing leverage to get in front of your ideal clients is critical. And the third element in this, in identifying your ideal clients, the third element is focus on clients with the highest lifetime value. Why would you focus on a client who's one and done when you can focus on a client that you can work with over and over and over again? And if you don't have a way to find these people in your business, I can help you do it and it would be my pleasure to do so. Those are the three elements of identifying an ideal client. What do you think? I think we need to tell everyone who our ideal clients are. 
our ideal clients for all of us here in this room are entrepreneurs who own businesses that are generating a minimum of $5 million in annual revenue. Those clients must meet the qualifying criteria they and Carmen assisted us with identifying. They must also provide lifetime value to you in the form of reoccurring and repeat revenue. So let me use an example. Let's say we have a fitness center that is based here in South Florida. The fitness center already has a few locations. They lease each of their spaces. They have plans to expand over the next 12 to 24 months. They're going to open new locations across the state of Florida. They have identified a director of site acquisition and development who's going to be the point of contact for this project. You have met the director, so you have the opportunity to work with this client. They already meet the minimum revenue threshold. Let's say, for example, you are a real estate attorney. The opportunity for you would be to work with this client on every lease agreement for each of the new spaces. So drafting, negotiating each lease agreement as the space is opened, which is an example of recurring revenue. Remember, it's the same client, same type of matter, over and over again. Now let's say, as Russ is going through the process drafting those lease agreements, there are a few issues that arise with earlier spaces. Let's take one of the older locations, for example. It's a two-story retail plaza. The gym is on the second floor. The gym makes a lot of noise, so the tenant below is not happy about that, so a dispute has arisen. That never happens. <laughs> that client, may call Russ and ask if Russ can assist with solving that problem. Of course you can. That would be an opportunity to perform new work for the same client. So repeat revenue. So that's the type of client that we are talking about. It's going to offer that lifetime value to you and it's going to meet all of that qualifying criteria. Those are going to be the best clients for your business. All right, so now we need to determine what the huge problem is that's killing these clients, okay? So here's the thing, folks. You guys are all so good at what you do that you immediately, you immediately rush to let the client off the hook. And that's a problem. Why is it a problem to let the client off the hook immediately? Who wants to tell me? I still got books up here. Who wants to tell me why it's a problem to let the client off the hook immediately? The client's got a huge problem. They come to you and you're you're so excited. I can help you. I can fix that problem, right? Why is the problem let the client off the hook immediately? And, I mean, yes, that's part of it. That's kind of not what I'm looking for. You get honorable mention for that one. I appreciate it. What's that? The urgency for sure. Fabrizio's going to get a book today. I promise you, he's going to get a book today. Yes, urgency for sure. But there's a second element to it. Who's raising their hand back there? Randy, stand up. I can't see you. Come on. You never get a long-term relationship. Never get a long-term relationship. Lifetime value. Great. Urgency. Lifetime value. Who wants to charge a lot of money? Are you kidding me? Come on. Who wants to, I, I need to yell. Who wants to charge a lot of money? Me. I don't want to charge. Yeah, thank you. If you want to charge a lot of money, the client has to have a problem they believe only you can solve. You're the solution. If you're not the solution to their problem, they can pay anybody. If you want to charge a lot of money, they got to think this is the most insurmountable problem ever. 
And here's the thing. They're not going to tell you what the real problem is. They're going to play I can go see with the problem. Does this ever happen to any of you guys? They're going to come to you, and they're going to tell you, well, it's kind of like this, and I'm feeling this way, and I see these people, and I'm not really sure. What they're giving you is symptoms. They're not giving you the actual problem. you got to dig in and find the actual problem. So determining what the huge problem most clients have is essential because that's where the value comes from. So you're going after these clients in mass. The third element to this is making sure this is a common problem among all of those people. I started my consulting business, I worked exclusively with lawyers. You know why? It's easy. Lawyers didn't know how to develop business. And I sat there and I'm like, hey, I'm driving the money truck, who wants to get on? And everybody was like, I want the money truck. And so I showed them a way to develop business through education-based, relationship business development, that was a huge problem they had. And when I showed them they could use their natural strengths to solve that problem, it was like showing fire to cavemen. It was phenomenal. They were so happy, so excited. So for you, the second step is figure out what the huge problem is that they all have in common. So here's the problem we all have in common which is getting in front of our ideal clients. We are oftentimes getting in front of them because we are using referral sources to do that, rather than positioning ourselves as subject matter experts. And when we're getting in front of them by referral sources, we're getting how much time? Is an entrepreneur busy? 30 minutes? Time. If you're lucky, you're getting 30 minutes. Most of us are getting maybe a window of 15 to 20 minutes. I see people nodding their heads. You have a very small window. And even when you have that opportunity, what's happening? They are squeezing us on price and a lot of other terms because they can. But if we were able to instead position ourselves as subject matter experts, it's a little bit different. So how do we... How do we convince them to come on board with us? Well, first, we gotta get them to think about how much this problem is costing them. How much is this costing you? There are three costs. Three costs, I'll stop moving now, there you go. There are three costs, here, ready? Oh yeah. Russ needs a good picture. Thank you, Russ. There are three costs that everyone experiences, okay? The cost of money. If you're in the B2B space, this is the one you can hammer home, right? Make money, save money, reduce risk. In B2B, that's what we do. Make money, save money, reduce risk. All day long, that's what you should keep in the back of your mind. So that's the money cost. The second cost is their time. How much time is this problem taking up? And then the third cost is the mental and emotional energy that's taking place in the person's mind that this problem is, you know, you've heard the expression, so-and-so is renting space in my head because I'm constantly thinking about them and I can't get rid of it, right? Those three costs are the things that you need to hammer home with your client if you want them 
to sign up with you, if you want them to engage you, if you want them to come back for a second point in your sales process, whatever it is. Mr. Smith, how much is this costing you? Now, sometimes you'll get a client who's a little, a little tricky, a little jokester, and they'll say, ah, it's not costing me anything. Well, what are you doing in my office, right? Why are you here? Everybody has a problem that's costing them time. Everybody has a problem that's costing them emotional, mental energy, and everybody has a problem that's costing them money. So those are the three elements, and you can't be shy about exacerbating the problem by pointing out the time, the emotional and mental energy, and everything else that's weighing on these people. You're in a rush to solve the problem, but in order to get maximum fee, to really kill the client lifetime value equation, to make sure that the clients are invested in you for the long term, you have to be able to help these folks understand this problem is serious and it's not going away. The sooner you get comfortable with that, the sooner you can begin to help them. Now I wanna make one more point about this, okay? We're not trying to manipulate anybody here. What's the difference between manipulation and influence? What's the difference between manipulation and persuasion? Anybody want to take a shot at that? Social media. He's here all week, folks. He's had a birthday. Ah, my goodness. I love that. Yes, the difference is intent. Purity of intent. If you want to persuade people, and you have purity of intent, you can do whatever, whatever you need to do to convince them. Purity of intent is the difference between manipulation and persuasion. Which of you here, who of you here, is a person of goodwill and you legitimately want to help your clients? Raise your hand. Who's Jackson's not raising your hand. Keep them up. No, just kidding. Right. So that's the difference, my friends. I want you to help as many people as possible. If you don't exacerbate this problem, they're never going to make a decision. Clitzner helps people with IRS problems. Most of the people who go into his office have had IRS problems for a million years. They've been getting letters since like I was 14. Clitzner looked the same back then, by the way. They've been getting letters for that long. And they come into his office and they say to him, I'm ready to solve the problem now. He has to ask them why. And when they tell him why, he has to say, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. I'm really glad you came in for that. If he doesn't do that, they're not going to sign up with him. True or true? True. True. Okay. Nikki G. So let's take all of you. How much is your time worth? As professionals, we all know the answer to this question. If you don't, that's a different problem. But if you bill hourly, for example, you know exactly what you charge per hour. If you charge on a project basis, you know exactly what that project's going to cost. Or, if you know what type of project it is and the scope of the work, you can estimate the project. What about the time we're spending networking? How many of you are tracking all of the hours you're spending networking a month? Be honest. One? And if you're tracking those hours, how many times are you converting clients? Not a lot. What if instead you were in a room in front of your ideal clients 
that amount of time, same amount of time. If you could convert two new clients, five new clients, how about 10? While you're in all of these networking events monthly, you have competitors who are in front of their ideal clients, closing new clients every week. The best, closing new clients every day. So what if you can get in front of your ideal clients for that increased opportunity, would you make a change? So, step four is all about creating urgency, and this is the easiest step. It's only gonna take me two seconds to describe it to you, okay? Here's how you create urgency. You simply ask them how much worse this could get. Right, let's use the Klitzner example. Person's got an IRS problem for 15 years, they're gonna get married, and the wife says, I'm not gonna marry you unless you solve your IRS issue. So they wind up in Klitzner's office. And Klitzner says, look, this isn't the worst problem I've ever seen, but it's pretty bad. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what you're gonna do. And then Klitzner sits back, and he goes, what do you think the worst, what, what do you think this, what could happen here? What do you think could happen? And the guy says, well, you know, I'm not sure. I got this letter, it says they can take my car, they can, is it levy or lien? They can levy, levy, they can levy. Levy's the doctor across the hall. Right, levy, levy not levy, right? So if they, if, so if basically if they levy your bank account, you gotta see Levy, who's a psychiatrist, who's across the hall from Clipster. It's convenient how that works out. So they could levy your bank account, Right? And then there's this little thing that they got cute about where they can take your passport. And Klitzner goes, you know, I, I don't really see that in taking passports a lot, but the other two, it happens all the time. And the guy's like, what? Yeah, 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 they take people's cars, they levy bank accounts, and oh, by the way, they levy your bank account at like 4.45 on a Friday when you got stuff to do on the weekend. But you're probably gonna be all right. I wouldn't, you know, it's probably gonna be okay. Klitzner's got this down. He knows what he's doing, okay? And the reason he's doing it is because that creates urgency. That creates urgency. You gotta be willing to exacerbate the problem. How much worse can this situation get? By a show of hands, how many of you belong to a professional networking organization like ProVisors, or Lawyers Network, or BNI, or something else? Should be everyone in this room. Keep your hands up. Out of all of you, how many of you belong to another organization where there's at least some type of networking? Maybe it's a community organization, civic, or volunteer. Still a good amount of hands. How about a third organization or more? Keep your hands up. That's still at least half of you, if not more, that belong to three or more networking organizations. Think about the amount of time that you are spending networking while competitors are out getting in front of ideal clients. Step five is, this is, the, this is the step you've all been waiting for, and you're all great at this. This is hope, okay? Now, you're finally able to give these four people who've shown up in your office, you're finally able to give them some hope, okay? But you're not allowed to do that until they agree that you are the solution to their problem. So, person sitting across from Steve, getting married, hasn't paid taxes in 15 years. You know, they look at Steve and Steve says, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I've seen some pretty bad stuff and this is right there, it's right up there. So, not sure what you're gonna do. Like I said, your passport will probably be fine, but the car and the bank account, 
and then he sits back. And the person looks at him, and what does the person say? Can you help me? Can you help me? And if they don't say, can you help me, and five minutes passes, and it gets really uncomfortable, then you're allowed to look at them and go, would you like some help with that? That's how you close a deal. That phrase is the closing phrase. Would you like some help with that? Fantastic way to close deals. Your job is to help people, but we can't help those who are not willing to help themselves. So until they come to you and say to you, I have this problem, and they reveal and admit what the real problem is, until they are so worked up that they need help solving that problem, and until they ask for help or, to, or agree to accept your help, you can't share the solution. So step five is giving them hope by sharing the solution. Now, here's the thing, okay? And this is a key point. If you don't take anything else away from our time together, this is worth the cost of breakfast for you. You don't say to them, hire me. You say, the solution is, in Klitzner's case, the solution is to find someone who can solve this problem. And then you just look at them. All right, they're in his office. It says IRS resolutions on the door, right? His business card says we solve IRS problems, okay? And he says the solution for you is to work with an attorney who solves these problems. That's the solution. And then if they haven't said already, will you help me, they're going to say, will you help me then? That's the point where you give them hope. Now, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, would you climb Mount Everest with somebody who had read the map and sat down with you and traced their finger on the map to show you how it was going to go? Or would you climb Mount Everest with somebody who had been up to the top of Mount Everest 6, 7, 8, 10, 14 times? If you were smart, you'd go with the Sherpa who'd been up there six, seven, eight, 10, 14 times. My counsel to you, best advice I can give you, find somebody who's done what you wanna do and follow that person. Don't hire somebody. Don't connect with somebody who has not been there, who has not done that. It's the experience the person has is so important. It would be like, it would be like hiring a realtor who had never owned a house, right? People are laughing. Rhonda, you know realtors who've never owned a house? I know a lot of realtors who've never owned a house, right? So you need to look for someone. They need to find you because you've been there and you've done that. Thank you, G. This is your chance to change everything for your business, you personally, and your life. You have the chance to discover the secret to using leverage and working with people who have the knowledge and expertise and have been there and done that. By coming here to this breakfast, we have taken you behind the curtain and given you a glimpse at what the future of business coaching is going to look like. It's a hybrid a program between business coaching and consulting. So this is the point where 
you're so excited, you're going to be like, let me tell you about my qualifications, right? Let me tell you how great I am. Let me tell you why I'm the person for you. Don't do it yet. Delay that gratification, okay? Because here's the reason why. What you need to do first is you need to give the person sitting across from you the qualifications of the expert. So in Kutzner's case, he would say something to the effect of, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years? I've been doing this for 25 years. Before that, I was a lawyer who went to court. Um, but, you know, if you're going to hire somebody who's going to solve your IRS problems, my recommendation would be to look for a lawyer with 25 years of experience, to connect with somebody who's got malpractice insurance, to make sure that when you're connecting with the person you're talking to about your tax problems, everything is going to be kept confidential. So Klitzner first and foremost describes the ideal qualities of someone who they should connect with. In my case, what I do in my business is I say to people all the time, and you guys are sick of this, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's what differentiates me from everybody else. I built five businesses over the last 33 years. Last two businesses I built for other people was a startup that went from zero to $50 million in three years in New York City. If you think that's not hard, try it. Second business I built, zero to $250 million in annual revenue in consulting, global consulting, based in New York City. So if somebody is looking for someone to help them build a business, my recommendation to them is find somebody who's built a big business. And it's better if you find somebody who's built a big business quickly. So you give what's called the generic solution first. Klitzner doesn't tell them, hire me. Klitzner says, find a lawyer with 25 years of experience solving IRS problems. And here's the reason why you need a lawyer and not somebody with a itchy jingle on AM radio. You need a lawyer because lawyers have malpractice insurance. Something goes wrong, you got a solution. Lawyers have to keep things confidential or they're not lawyers anymore. That's a big deal if you've got an IRS problem. That's the reason why you need to hire a lawyer. So Klitzner sells them on hiring a lawyer first. Then they're sitting in the chair across from Steve and they're going, hmm, I wonder where I can find somebody like this. And then they kind of glance up above his shoulder and they see law school. Let's take Dave. Dave has spent the last 30 years developing this system that we're talking about here today. Built it, developed it, used this to build, as he mentioned, five businesses, two from the ground up, open three hotels. The reason all of you are in this room today, believe it or not, is because of that system. I mentioned earlier that Maria Casillas-Dominguez, Lenny Scalar, Dave, and I had the opportunity to present at that Provisors Group Leader Summit. And we dominated that event and won over 300 group leaders because of this system. I personally worked with Dave to use the system to build the Total Lawyers Affinity Group. That group now has nearly 100 members. It was built in less than a year. And it has added significant value to my business. All because of this. So your prospective clients, they have to have a, a real clear vision of the future. And that is step number seven. Step number seven is you sharing your vision of the future with your client. 
the future that does not include the problem that they have, okay? The way you do that is you get them to sit back while you describe to them the things that you are going to do together. You say to them, the first steps we're going to take, so like Steve would say to them, the first steps we're going to take is, you know that shoebox with all the letters from the IRS, I need, you to, I need you to bring it in. Oh, you got it here? Oh, it's in your briefcase, great. And they dump them all on the desk, and Steve says, okay, we're gonna make all these go away. Nobody else talks to the IRS from now on but me. You don't have to talk to them, you're not gonna get any more letters. That's the first step in this process. Steve is sharing with them the vision for the future by letting them know what the first step is. And this is critical. And then he says to them, first thing I'm gonna do when you leave the office, I'm gonna make a call, the revenue officer who's handling, uh, the revenue agent who's handling your case, and the officer who's their supervisor. I work with them on a lot of cases. I'm gonna call them, I'm gonna tell them that we'll be filing something today, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna levy your bank account. You don't need to go across the hall and see Levy because there is no letter. And then he's going to say to them, what we're going to do is we're going to work with the IRS within the guidelines that the government has set up, and we're going to try and make a deal with them based on what your income is and how much you can pay. So I'm going to need some things from you. And then he hands them a pad, and he hands them a pen, and he says, write this down. You're going to need to bring this back to me within the next four or five days. And then he gives them a list of the things they need to bring back to him. And then at the end of that time, he says, and now I want to introduce you to Josh. Josh is going to handle all the arrangements with you. He's going to create an engagement agreement. He's going to take care of the investment that you're going to make to make this problem go away. But I need you to know that because you came in here today, because you made a great decision, the future is going to be very different for, me, for you compared to what it would have been if you hadn't come into my office. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. If you have any questions about this process, or what the future is going to look like after handling this IRS issue, just call me anytime and he hands him his business call. Okay? That whole process is about Steve painting a picture of the future for a person who walked into his office without hope. What he didn't do was skip all six of the steps that preceded it. He made sure he followed all six of those steps. Because here's what happened. In Steve's case, and in all of your cases, if you let these people out of your office, there's a really good chance you're never going to see them again. They're going to evaporate into the ether. These people just disappear. And you're sitting there wondering, are they going to sign the engagement? I wonder when they're going to send it back. Worst thing in the world, my friends, I'm going to tell you this. For me, personally, worst thing in the world is for me to mentally spend money I have not earned yet. Okay? I got an engagement agreement out there in the street somewhere. I'm thinking to myself, Rhonda's shaking her head. She spent commissions, I can tell. <laughs> we all do it, we all do it, right? You got, you get one client, you sign up, you get another client, that engagement agreement goes out. You're thinking to yourself, if I could do 10 of these a week, I'd be rich. But if you could do 10 of those in a month, you'd be in good shape, right? We think to ourselves, I'm gonna send out the engagement agreement, we skip all the other steps, and we're just, it's false hope. Because what happens with that engagement agreement? Maybe it doesn't go in the garbage, but it goes on the side of the desk that never gets looked at. So the seventh step is to share your vision of the future for the prospect, how things are going to get better. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not. The decision is yours. But I'll say this. 
Nothing happens until you make a change and you make a decision. Personally, I made the decision to leave the national firm after nearly a decade and open my own law practice nearly two years ago. And now I'm making the decision to start this business with me. Why? Because I believe in the value we can deliver to professionals. And I believe in the value we can deliver to entrepreneurs and CEOs through this business. You have a choice. And for you, you have the opportunity to make the choice to work with a team that is dedicated to your success. You have the opportunity to join a community of professionals who are going to make working fun again. So I'm going to recap the seven steps. In the meantime, I'm going to ask Nicola to pass these out. If, you, uh, if you've already signed up, if you're a member of the Exit Success Lab, ESL, stand up right now, please. If you've already signed up, Randy, thank you. Eileen, Eileen, great. Thank you so much. Okay, so here are the, thank you guys. Give a nice round of applause to these folks. I'm going to tell you what they signed up for in a minute. Nicole is handing out a sheet of paper, which I'll go over with you in a second. So here are the seven steps. And by the way, I have notes that go along with this that I'm going to send out to everyone who's in attendance, okay? So those of you who signed in with Steve Klitzner, the guy who solves IRS problems, if you signed in with him, you'll get the notes. If you didn't sign in with Steve, okay, if you're like a sneaky beat and you somehow got by him, you need to go see Steve. Steve, stand up again. Steve, he solves IRS problems. Clap your hands for him being a good sport. If you want the notes from today's presentation, you got to sign up. Uh, you got to make sure you're on the list with Steve. That's who's going to get the notes. Step one, get in front of your ideal clients and only ideal clients. Step two, figure out what's killing them. Step three, figure out how much is costing them. There's three types of costs. Remember, three types of costs, right? Step four, Help them see how much worse this can get. Step five, this is a step you love. Everybody loves this one, hope. You're gonna give them hope, you're gonna share the solution. Step six, give them the knowledge to evaluate the expert. Give them that generic solution. Step seven, share the vision for the future. Step seven is share the vision for the future. So those are the seven steps. Now. We shared this with you today because, number one, I wanted to deliver value to all of you for being here at breakfast. But number two, this is what I've helped people do for 33 years in my career. And this is what Nicole is helping me do right now with ESL, with Exit Success Lab. So those of you who don't know, the name Exit Success Lab comes from entrepreneurs and CEOs coming to me, asking me for options when they're ready to exit their business. Most often, a CEO will come to me and they'll say, I gotta get out of this business in the next year, my wife is sick. Or, I gotta get out of this business in the next year, I can't take it anymore. And they don't have any options. They gotta sell to a private equity firm, or they gotta sell to a competitor, or they gotta sell to their management team. If I get in there and work with them five, six, seven, ten years in advance, they have more options, they can make more money, they can build more equity in their business. Even if they don't know when they're gonna sell, or they don't want to sell, or they're never gonna sell, they're gonna die at their desk, the program we have for these entrepreneurs will help them make more money. The reason that we're talking to all of you about this today is because Nicola and I need all of you. There are 10 drivers 
of business value, 10 drivers of enterprise value, and then there are seven lifestyle elements that these people go through when they exit, okay? We are focusing on doing audits of these businesses and helping these business owners improve the value of their businesses, okay? We need experts like you to help us improve the value of their businesses. So when it comes to doing a legal audit, we need people like Susan Troy and like Randy to come in and look at their IP and make sure their IP has been properly protected so we can turn them over to John Alfonsi of Sundrowski Corporate Advisors to do a valuation not only of the IP but of the entire business. So the sheet that you have in front of you are the benefits of becoming a member of the Exit Success Lab. The biggest benefit is that we're going to teach you how to build your professional practice the way I've built my businesses over the last 33 years. That's the biggest benefit. A secondary benefit is that we're going to put you in front of entrepreneurs. If you're good, okay, if you suck, we're not putting you in front of anybody. But if you're good, we're going to put you in front of entrepreneurs who can hire you, who can use you to deliver your services to them. We're not taking any fee from you for connecting you with these people. You're going to be able to do presentations, educational events in front of them, in rooms like this, on Zoom as well and in a huge gathering that we're organizing for the late summer. That's the opportunity we have, and we're offering it to you first because you came to breakfast, okay? If this interests you and you want more information, go to ExitSuccessLab.com, ExitSuccessLab.com. There's a big red button. The one that says professionals, that's for you. If you want to see what the entrepreneurs say, there's another button there, but that's not for you. The one that says professionals is for you. It is incredibly cheap because we're taking 15 more people as professionals to work with us. We've got 15 great people already enrolled, people who are phenomenal, who we're thrilled to be working with. So if this is something that interests you, the website is there, sign up. If you just want to talk about it, sign up and we'll talk about it. Thanks for joining us for this talk on dominating a new market within 12 months. We hope you got a lot of great tips and ideas. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the Sunday special. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.